از اینی که هست بهتر عمل کرده داشته و فقط به روز خواهی که از طریقه هر Welcome to another episode of Golbazan. Uh, my name is Sina. I'm joined by Erfan and Daniel off the back of the 3-2 loss against Qatar. Um, I, I didn't know how to start this podcast, so it's just like, I think what I want to say firstly is that we we flew out here, we, we, we came officially as media, but we're not we're not technically media, we're just fans. We're, we're fans like you listening, and this result was extremely hard to take. If you look, if you listen to the previous podcast, I was very confident. I think, well, I think I was more confident than you than you both. But I think a lot of people expected us to go into this game with a different mindset, a different. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. But I think the main thing I want to say is that this episode is going to be very, very raw because this is that we're, we're recording the day after, the morning after the result. We were in the stadium, and so yeah, it was a very tough one to take. Um, you guys want to say anything before we kick off? Yeah, <clears throat> like you said, it's just it's very hard to take in. You know, disappointed, especially after that performance against Japan. I expected a lot more uh, from the players, and it was just it was not what I expected. So, not not really much to say beside that. Yeah, big disappointment for for everyone. Um, we knew that it won't i mean with some of uh some of uh, iranian people thought it will be an easy game some not but we we were quite confident about it and it's uh, after winning against japan asian uh, best team uh, we we expected uh, a much better result uh, against uh, qatar yeah yeah it was it was a tough one to take for sure and i think what what hurts more is that this was this was our golden generation. This was it. This was our. A lot of people say our last chance in order to win a, a major trophy. And I was. I've got a unique position here because I. I was at the game again when Iran played USA in the World Cup in um, 20, 
um, in the same stadium as well, I might add. I don't think many people know that. It's the same, it was the exact same stadium as the game yesterday. And this hurts far more. This hurts far, far more than the game against USA. I personally was massively upset. I know a lot of people were. Um, if you don't mind me mentioning Daniel, Daniel was, we were talking with a couple of the players afterwards in the media section, and I think Daniel just like basically broke down his tears. It was, I don't know what else to say. I know a lot of you guys are also hurting as well, like us, but we'll try our best to stay as professional as possible and bring you guys, you know, top level analysis. But yeah, it's it's not an easy one to take for sure. So let's kick off um, with, with the episode. So um, going into it, we had the lineup. So it was a it was a fairly different lineup to what we p- potentially expected. I know we we form our formation against Japan was four two three one, with Ebrahimi and Ezotolai as two holding midfielders. Now that formation and that sort of setup, it, it seemed like the right decision for the Japan game before the Japan game, and 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 obviously it paid off going into the game itself. But we had to play a certain style against Japan where you know they're far more technically. Uh, gifted than maybe a few of our players and you know they're a strong team of course but against Qatar that seemed like a fairly odd decision um, and and also he put Tarami on the left wing which you know it's, it's again a very strange decision given that he hadn't played left wing for a number of years so I guess what was your thoughts on the lineup Erefan? Well it was surprising to say the least I mean I knew that Tarami was going to be back in the lineup I think everyone expected that uh, but to drop Mohibi after that performance, you know, it, w- it was a bit surprising to me. And uh, also Omid Ibrahimi, I know he put a shift, a good shift against Japan, and uh, he was better than a lot of people expected. But with that age, with the age that he has, I don't think that he should be starting or playing these many games, uh, especially at this stage of the competition, with all respect to him. I know he retired from the national team now. Uh, but and uh, as well as Milad, I think that Milad should have maybe started over Eslan Harsefi. But uh, you know we trusted Galenui and unfortunately didn't pay off this time like against Japan. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think um, starting Tarimi on the left, uh, well, it was clear, clearly a mistake because at halftime he he changed he changed it. Uh, our left side was weaker. Tarimi is not uh, defending as much as Moebi is. And uh, Esan Hoysafi, of course, he didn't play against Japan, but he was really tired after after a Syrian game. So I, I don't think even for the Qatar game he was uh, as informed as someone like Milad Mohamadi would have been, even with a three days rest. So our left side was just not uh, not not good at all. And uh, uh, on the contrary, against Japan, our left side was our uh, best uh, best attacking side. And on the other hand, Omid Rabrami, well, at his age, uh, playing uh, two high-level games, 90 minutes um, in three days is just too much. So, yeah, that was a, a huge mistake, too. But, it, uh, like, I think we went into it feeling that, you know, yes, Ebrahimi was playing and he is, what is he, 36 now? And, and obviously after the game, he did actually retire. Um and I, I guess, like maybe firstly, we should say that he, he's given a lot of excellent years um, to the national team, and I, I think you know his his career has been been amazing in the national team. So, yeah, massive credit to him. But I think this game wasn't the game for him to have his final final game because 
uh, yeah, it, it seemed like a, an odd perspective for sure, given that he played so intensely against Japan previously. Um, yeah, it just seemed very strange. Yeah, like I mentioned, you know, with his age and, um, you know, with how tired he seemed at the end of the game against Japan, um, he should not have been starting this game. <clears throat> Omid is an excellent player. He's shown it. Uh, he's had some of the best uh, individual performances for Iran, uh, f uh, especially in the 2018 World Cup against Morocco. He was amazing that game. So personally, as both an Estaglal fan and a Team Ali fan, I want to thank him because he's done so much for us. He's, um, he's, he always plays with his heart, even though he might not put in the best performances. Uh, you can see uh, the quality that he has. So I want to thank him for that. But, you know, I think it's a bit unfair to him um, that this has to be his final game for the national mm. team. And, yeah, it's just... Yeah, no, apart him. from uh, the, the person he is, I think it's just a, a, a bad tactical decision. Like, he, he's, he's a good player. There, there's no debate on that. It's just that for this game, I don't think uh, we don't think that he 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 should have been there in in the starting lineup, and uh, yeah. So so at first the the lineup was wrong and we lost. Uh, yeah, but one half. I guess I guess the 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 argument is that before the Japan game when he announced the, when Ranano announced the lineup, I think we had a few sort of question marks as well, like Mohebi playing over Raidi and maybe Rolizadeh. Who Raidi uh, uh, especially because he had a, an amazing Asian Cup, and we will talk about him about this game and the, the fact that he didn't that it, he didn't feature. Um, but that that decision ended up paying off, right? And it was a difficult sort of lineup he had to pick because he didn't have Tarami at his disposal disposal that game. So, given that we won that game, trusting Ranonoi, and then okay, I guess he won it, won our trust after the game. Going into this, and then us scoring within sort of five minutes, I was like, okay, you know what? I trust this guy completely because we, we started two holding midfielders against Qatar. We've now scored within five minutes. This is going to be an easy game going forward. Well, you know, I questioned the lineup a bit, but after the Japan game, I had full trust in Ghalanui, so I didn't say much of it. And uh, especially after we scored early on, uh, you know, our confidence increased. And I think the players as well, not only us, the players maybe underestimated them, thought they could just finish this off early on and win the game. But um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, we had good chances to uh, double double our lead, go 2-0 up. But uh, some mistakes, um, shaky mistakes that should not be done at this level, uh, cost us that. Um, and then a lucky goal from Qatar that just shifted the momentum to their side. Uh, we couldn't at attack the same after that, especially in the first half. Um, so, yeah, uh, Adenoui also, I think he, he is at fault here. Um, you know, you, you can go into into a game with a tactic, but you, you have to change it up based on your opponent. And I'm a bit shocked because he did that for the Japan game. So it was weird uh, to see him not do that for the game against Qatar. And I guess, like, Daniel, uh, Daniel what, should, what should we have done differently? Because we went 1-0 up within five minutes. I think we, we haven't scored an early goal for a while, and I think... You know, we were we were, we had, it, you know, created such a positive atmosphere within within the Iran fans. We were like, yeah, as I said, this is going to be a, a fairly not easy game, but a game within our favor. What should we have done differently? Well, um, there are several things. Uh, to to begin with, with the lineup, as uh, Erfan mentioned, uh, at at the Japan game, the game was well pre prepared and. Uh, 
after that we had full trust in Amir Rolinoi to, to prepare for this game. But against Jap against uh, Qatar, when you see someone like Tarimi on the left, there are some principles that you need to, to have when you're a coach. And uh, and one of them is that your best players should play in the center of the of the of the lineup and not on the sides. Unless the other players are really good too. But like like for example, uh, Austria, Austria. One of the coach at the moment was playing David Alaba on, on as a left back, but it was by far their best player, and that is a huge mistake because his best player should always be in the center, have the ball, uh, uh, have a maximum touches to 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 create chances, to to keep the ball, and to you know to 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 be the playmakers, and playing Tarmi on the left. Was the, the the first big mistake as we mentioned? Um, even though we we scored early, but you saw my reaction at that time. Like, guys, calm down, focus. Like everyone was, even uh, other medias from Iran, everyone was so happy. I was like, okay, we need to focus. It's only the beginning of the game. Uh, I saw even the, the Qatari players like not even <coughs> believing that they could manage to 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 come back. Like they were just like off after the goal, but yet I, I felt the nervosity that Timeli had. You saw Beiranvan, how nervous he was just after two or three uh, uh, mistakes on, uh, on you know, uh, long balls. Uh, you, you, in the stadium, we could see the players were quite nervous. So even after a goal, like John Bash was trying to tell everyone, just calm down, guys, calm down, focus. But there was, there was a lot of pressure on them. And uh, and you could feel it. So, one of the mistakes in in, in this uh, in those moments, uh, you need the the right player to keep the ball, and and it's something like someone like Luka Modric or Toni Kroos is doing at Real Madrid. They feel the game. They feel every minute. Or sometimes Neymar was doing it for Paris Saint Germain. Like they, they know the moment when the team has to calm down, has to keep the ball, has to play long balls, short passes, and etc. But for this, you need to have the right players at the right, at the right position. And someone Rodus was playing as a 10. We had Omid Ebrahimi playing as central midfield. And, and we saw Beirovan trying to, to, to search for him. But yeah, one, he, he, didn't, uh, he, he couldn't uh, pass him the ball. And it was, uh, we were about to concede the goal really easily. And uh, so having someone like someone technically uh, gifted, uh, our main playmaker playing too high, and having less touch than someone like Tarimi, because when Tarimi is on the pitch, uh, all the team is always trying to search for him. He's our best player, so naturally all the all the teammates are always searching for him. But that was a mistake because every time he was touching the ball, he was lo losing it mostly. So, so those problems with the lineup, plus the fact they are stressed, plus the fact that uh, our main players aren't touching the ball, even said Ezotolu. And someone Rodus had, I think, less touches. I'm maybe not say desultory, but someone Rodus has less touches than Mehdi Termin during the first half. Leads to, of course, confusion when you're stressed, and and then you concede uh, two two goals after uh, after mistakes. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I I know that this episode may not be as structured as like usual ones, but I think like yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. But like Tarmi for me, had a really, really bad game. For me, actually, he had a fairly poor Asian Cup as a whole. Um, and 
I know a lot of people after the Japan game were saying, do we even need him to play within this within the Qatar game, given that we played so well against Japan? I think as well, going back to your earlier point, I'll, talk, I'll ask about Tarami in a second, but going back to your earlier point, Again, yeah, it's the mental side of the game that we fell short on because you you can't go one nil up and then also go on to concede three goals. It makes no sense. And then anyone saying, you know, blaming other things and, and stuff like that. We lost this game and we also conceded a goal against Japan in one-off moments. Like the goal against the goal that we conceded against Japan was a mistake. It was they didn't really have much going for them, but we conceded. Now. I guess the difference in this game with Qatar is that there was just we yeah we were more unlucky we made our, we made their luck essentially we made more mistakes we weren't in the game mentally they wanted it more than we did the, ironically the way that we won against Japan was the way that Qatar won against us like they just wanted it more they played with heart so that's that's the annoying thing but back to the Tarami um, question I guess like yes. Part of it is the fact that he played on the left and potentially not in the middle. He hasn't played on the left for, for a number of years. But he didn't have a good game in, in general. Yeah, like, w when was even the last time Tarimi played on the left? Was it during the Carlos Kirchner, I think? So yes. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a long time since he hasn't played on the left. Uh, but I'll say one thing here. I, do, I don't blame Kalinui at all for starting Taremi because, I mean, Taremi is our main man. He's He's the face of Iran, kind of. So uh, if he didn't start him, he would get a lot of question marks. Uh, but I don't know, man. To start him on the left, it's, it's a very weird decision. Uh, you know, if he started him off the in the center, you know, maybe a similar role as he played against the UAE. We saw how well him and Azmoun linked up there, how well they performed. Um, I think if he did something similar to that, uh, we would he would have performed much better. But also, you have to blame Taremi here. Uh, you know, we we played so well without him against Japan. Um, and then when he, when he came into this game as a fully fit player, uh, you know, six days of rest, uh, he didn't even play uh, the full 120 against Syria after getting the red card. So we expected a lot from him. He's one of our more experienced players who plays in Europe. Um, so he's to blame as well because uh, he didn't have the he didn't have the enough focus. Uh, he didn't focus enough. Like you said, it's not just this game. The whole Asian Cup, I feel like, you know, something's um, been missing in Taremi. Maybe it's the fact that he's uh, getting a move out of Porto. Uh, you know, he's getting distracted. So it's just—it's not even just his national games. He's not yeah, he's even been, for Porto. Yeah, even for I Porto. Porto has not been as best. And so, we asked him uh, after the Syrian yeah. game, but he didn't answer uh, on that. Uh, no, I, I fully agree. Uh, even, okay, the, the, the coach trusts you on the left. You play. We're not, uh, we don't support this decision, but the games begin. Like, he wasn't defending. He was just looking at the at the Qatari players, and after the throw, he's just looking at the at the defenders and letting him cross and etc. He we were like playing with ten men, and when we he had the ball, he was just keeping it too much. And the first goal, he's losing the ball bec uh, unless of scoring an opportunity, or unless uh, instead of instead of I mean finishing a situation, he le he loses the ball because he's just so slow uh, and that was quite surprising from from him and then we we consider situation so uh, we consider goal so yeah yeah i think i think with him yes he has he's experienced and he's also experienced in europe and experienced with the national team he on on paper he's very experienced what i will say about him and by the way i absolutely love him as a player i feel like 
he he gets very hot-headed in the big games and either that leads to him being amazing like scoring a bicycle against Chelsea in the Champions League or it could lead to him having arguments getting silly red cards getting silly yellow cards again against Chelsea in the other leg like I don't know if it's the same leg Uh, Juventus yeah yeah red card Um, but then also red card in the Asian Cup didn't perform well this game and then after the game as well uh, I don't know if it was on the cameras on TV but he had a lot of arguments with the Qatari players Um, so that's that's the that's the annoying thing is that we have I think Tarami is just the the face of the fact that we have a very emotional players and the fact that we go one nil up and can't hold it just because of our mental state I think shows it and it's not just the, this game it's happened across all the games like USA we just needed a draw to qualify for the next round we didn't do that and like you can go back so many times um, it's just so frustrating because it feels like it's the same thing over again. And then as these players age and mature, like Meditarami, nothing's changed. That's the annoying thing. Yeah, and this is something that can be said not just for Team Medley, but for Iranians across every sport. I mean, when when we get through to the final stages, the more important stages, you know, it's our emotions that take over us. We're not able to focus properly and we saw that in the game against Qatar. You know, Iran went into the game as favorites to win the whole thing, especially after uh, Korea got knocked out the previous day. And um, I think that maybe the players should have learned something from the Korea game because I'm, I'm sure they watched that game. I mean, it, it was a possible opponent for the final. Uh, so they should have maybe, uh, you know, learned that, oh, we're not, we're, not gonna, we're not guaranteed the win. We should focus more, but they did not do that, unfortunately. And... Uh, the the emotions side just it's not only Taremi by the way no no it's no no everyone. yeah yeah all the players they just they couldn't focus focus especially the more experienced players which really surprised me hmm. I thought you know maybe going all, through all these Asian cups and World Cups would have uh, taught taught them a thing or two but you know at the end uh, us Iranians are very emotional people mm. we sp- we spoke to Jalambash after the game and he said that and by the way I think Jalambash during this tournament has been very professional he's been a, a massive leader for the team so I think out of the ones we talk about being very emotional I think he was the one that kept it very professional throughout the whole throughout the whole tournament now he did say that yeah that the boys maybe weren't mature enough maybe they sort of lost their heads a little bit now I don't know what you can do in this in this circumstance because you send them to Europe they gain experience they go to different international tournaments they go to World Cups but they still have this problem. Like I don't know what the antidote is here because we can't just keep having this cycle because this isn't the first time. Yeah, no, no, I, I fully agree with you. I think our first opponent, uh, it's just the players themselves with the emotional side and, and we're talking about the game. Like They, they should do some, some therapy. They should have a process just to, to, to be focused before the games and, and to go into the games uh, uh, for 90 minutes and be ready. I think... Uh, uh, Kerosh um, hired, uh, I mean, in his staff, he had a, a, a psy- psychologist. Sports psychologist, yeah. Yeah. So, and that, that could be a, a, a solution, like to have some some sort of therapist, like helping to do, do a sort of uh, a process before the games to to just go, go on the games and, and, and be ready. But ap- apart from the mental side, um, I mean, football at this level, it's it's about details, and 
we, we, apart from this mental side, we had the, the first lineup that was wrong for uh, 45 minutes. Uh, he wanted to go uh, with aggressivity, but we saw after 45 minutes that it was useless. Uh, direct football, long balls, and etc. But it didn't work out. So during the second half, uh, th there were still technical decisions. I mean, it was good to, to bring on uh, Hosh Safi and Mohebi, but... Mohamedi. Mohamedi. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Mohamedi and, uh, and uh, Mohebi on the left side. And actually, Mohamedi... Uh, yeah, playing really easily, not taking a risk, brought us the penalty uh, with putting the, bo the ball back in the box. But then after a moment, uh, when you have on the bench players uh, like Royedi, Rolizade, like you should give them some minutes. We needed to, to keep the ball, uh, to have uh, uh, creators, uh, players that are dangerous and not only count on uh, on headers and long balls and you know, play in the air. Sometimes you have to keep the ball on the ground and, and, and that helps you keep the ball and they're kind of players that are very interesting. And it's, it's t technically very uh, dif difficult to understand how players like Royedi and Golizadeh, Royedi was having a great tournament. Golizadeh, every time he came on, he was great. They didn't play a single minute during the, 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 the last two games. Mm. Well, let me, let's talk about that in a, in a second because I want to focus on the Qatar goals. So they, they scored the first goal, which is, a, again, like it's, it's just one of these moments. So I think they they shot, it bounced off Ezatolai's foot. Was it Ezatolai's foot? Yeah, it was. And then he just sort of looped over Behramand. Like, it's just a stupid goal to concede. I don't understand. Firstly, he shouldn't have had the space to shoot. So I guess, like, it's annoying because we have two holding midfielders but the player still has time to shoot sort of on the edge of the box. It doesn't make sense. And then for it to loop over um, Behramand, I don't know like who's to, like what, how could that goal have been stopped? Well, this goes back to Akram Afif again. On the right, he was just playing and toying with everyone. And uh, I think that maybe we should have uh, focused more on him. Uh, you know, I'm sure that the team analyzed uh, the Qatari players. They know who the, their dangerous man is. So I don't know why they didn't focus as they should have on Akram Afif. Have one or two players on him, try to get the ball. But, you know, when he was on that right-hand side, he had a lot of space. And then that just that passed back uh, to the other Qatari player. And it, it was a really good chance for him to shoot. You know, and uh, a lot of people say it's a lucky goal. It is a lucky goal, but we gave them that luck. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah we gave them that luck. We gave them that space, which we shouldn't have done. Ezetola um, is not at fault at, at all here. He was just trying to stop the goal. Maybe, I, I, I'm not sure where Omid was exactly, but wherever he was, as the other holding midfielder, maybe you should try and put some more pressure on him. Uh, I might be wrong here. I, I'm not sure where he was exactly during that goal. Um, and uh, Behram Vand, I feel like he could have done better there. I don't know why. Uh, you know, he, he tried to go and save the ball, but he, he kind of stopped. I thought maybe, maybe he thought yeah, the ball was going out or something. But um, yeah, it was a very unlucky and hard goal to concede. Yeah, and I would even go back to Tarmi's mistake. First, in this situation, yeah, Tarmi has a goal scoring opportunity and he's wasting it. And then we have a counter attack. It, it, it really it was obvious that Qatar prepared the game much better than us. They analyzed every weakness we had, and all the, their counterattacks were really bad for our defense. 
And then, as you said, we had all the players in the box and someone just outside the box free to, to have a great shot. So, so yeah, it, it's like they, they, they were all messed up. Like yeah. one wasted opportunity in front and then everyone was in panic. And then a, a, a goal-scoring opportunity. For yeah, them. I think I think in terms of the the Qatar side, like they their tactics were were spot on. I I can't fault them because they they knew to, uh, sort of technically they weren't as good as us apart from maybe a Keith, but a Keith, sorry, but um, they played on the counter attack. Like whenever we played in front and we would lose the ball and make a mistake, they were quick to come down the wings and. And, and and get a shot off or, or play a play and a forward was pass. Well prepared by yeah, them. like if you look at the stats, yeah. we had far more passes than they did. Yeah, and I want to mention something. Kalenoy, I think he mentioned in one of his press conferences. Some some of the games, it's more uh, it's more of the players' games. Like it's less tactical, and more the players have to uh, play. Now, obviously, every football game is tactical, but. In a game like this, I think this is where big players, uh, like for example Akram Afif, completely just changed the game for them. So you know. Yeah, yeah but yeah. here is here are the tactics. Like when you prepare the game well, you know that Akram Afif is very quick. When we met Jan Bash after the game, he told us Akram Afif has one right foot, so you just have to defend in a way that he can't use his right foot, and and that's all. He 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 can't do anything with his left foot. So so when you prepare the game. You have everything to do the right tactics, and right here, of course, it's not only about tactics, but we can see that the the game wasn't well prepared, and tactically there were mistakes. And at this level, it's already too much. Like you, you go in the game with handicap, and and that's not something to, I mean, in a semi-final in the Asian Cup, it's just some, something that you can't do. And, and I want to mention too that even if the goal was lucky. There, there was a handball uh, of Shoja in the in the box, so it would have been a goal anyway. And uh, and again, the players were so panicked. Like we scored, Qatar didn't even believe in their chances. But we were so, like the, the players were so stressed. So yeah. Mm. And then <clears throat> then if he scored the second goal, which was a, a wonderful strike, and he managed to run into the box basically by himself. And uh, get onto his right foot and strike into sort of the, the far the far right corner, and I think like I know a lot of people are focusing on Afif, but I don't understand how we haven't how we didn't nullify just a single player that isn't at the same quality as the players we played previously that we've that we've pretty much nullified. So I'm talking about Cristiano Ronaldo in the in the 2018 World Cup. I'm talking about. Messi in the previous, I know he scored the final minute goal with individual brilliance, but we did maintain them for a long period of time. And you're telling me that someone that plays in, in the Middle Eastern leagues is able to sort of just an individual player, but in mind, Messi had far more players around him. Ronaldo had far more players around him. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't see that as an excuse. Yeah, and uh, yeah, n not even just Ronaldo <laughs> and Messi, we had uh, Metoma, Minamino, the exact same players in the last game. Yeah. So not focusing on Akram Afif, it was the biggest mistake that we could make. And uh, when he scored that second goal, we had he, he just got past four players and the players were ignoring him like it was nothing. I, I think it was Kanani, Shoja, Ramin, uh, I'm not sure of the last player, but they were all with him and he just easily shot the ball. And it, it was a brilliant strike, don't get yeah. me wrong, but we allowed that strike, we didn't put any pressure on him. Um, maybe it was uh, the fact that our previous opponent didn't shoot much, so we didn't expect that shot. 
Uh, but yeah, Akram Afifi is a player that shoots from different positions. He keeps on switching from left to right. Uh, he, he is a brilliant player. So mm. yeah, uh, so we can't we can't just say oh he he's a player who plays in the Middle East. Uh, he's probably uh, not that good as uh, some of the Japanese players. And yeah, he proved he proved them wrong. Mm. And then we go into halftime, two one down. As you said, Daniel, he brings on Mohebi and Mohammadi. I think something again you might not have seen on, t- on TV. Mohammadi was warming up before the first whistle was blown. He was warming up um, just by himself. No, as there was sort of all the lights were going on and stuff before the game started, he was warming up. So I think he was already ready to come on. Um, and then Mohebi obviously came on as well. Uh, we talked about the fact that. Potentially, Qaidi, Khalizadeh uh, should potentially come on um, instead. But I just want to like move the podcast on a, a bit quicker. So we we talked, and then we then we got a penalty. And I think this sort of this this there's two things I want to say here. Firstly, is that there was a lot of talk about the referee being Kuwaiti and how this plays against us, and not just from the fans, from the players and the manager as well. And I just think that's an absolute disgrace. You can't go into a game already making excuses when you're the favourite to win this game. And bear, And the second point I want to make is that I think he had... He wasn't, he wasn't fantastic, but he let the game go on both sides. So he didn't favour one team. And that penalty that he gave us, that was a questionable penalty. But we, we obviously took it, but it was a questionable penalty. We got lucky. His arms were here. Yes, he turned. He blocked the ball. But I've seen them not given. I've seen them given. And the fact that he gave it to us, I don't think that the referee should ever be using an excuse before going into a game. But I want to like basically put that whole point to bed. It was not the penalty. It was not the referee's fault at all. It was completely on us that we lost this game. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, um, I watch the Middle Eastern leagues a lot. I watch Asian f- domestic football a lot. And he's definitely not the best of referees. Uh, he's had a lot of uh, controversial decisions made uh, in the past. But um, and even at the beginning of the game, I told you guys, I said, you know, he's not a good referee at all. So I'm shocked why they um, gave him such a big match. But um, no, he, he had a fairly decent game. He wasn't one-sided. His uh, big decisions were all correct. Uh, the penalty was correct, the red card. Um, a bit more questionable, but I think it's also fair. Uh, so we can't blame the referee at all and just coming into the game and the pre-match press conference to already put pressure on the referee um, I don't know about that you know it's it's very common in the Iranian league I've seen it a lot of managers and players always do it but you know at, at the national level I, it's not very it's not a professional thing to do no. at this stage you know so and um, I don't think this would have been done during Kairish's um, era so maybe this is uh, some of the more domestic side of uh, Iran uh, coming into play. So I, I hope they don't do this again because uh, the referee was very good. And um, they I'm sure the players don't blame the referee as well. But even just putting the pressure on the referee before the game is a very bad mistake. He did get a few, like, at the beginning, I think, uh, Jan Bash went up to him and was like, there's a foul here, foul here. He wasn't giving a lot of fouls that potentially were fouls. But he wasn't doing that on the Qatar side as well. So it wasn't just us that he was like ignoring potential fouls. He's one of these very lenient referees that lets things go, which to be fair, sometimes I do respect. Um, but I just wanted to sort of put that put that point to bed well, because it's stupid. I, I want to make a point on that. Uh, when you see the referee isn't giving a lot of fouls, you have to pray more aggressively. Yeah. And Qatar did it. But Qatar, okay, it's an experienced squad, but not as, not as much as ours. Like our squad was the most experienced squad in this Asian Cup. And no player uh, took this opportunity, having a referee that let, let the games 
always play. I mean, he doesn't whistle for every foul. Let, let, let it play. You just have to be more aggressive. And, and we didn't. Uh, during the first half, um, we were trying to, to control too much, but always on the second balls, Qatari coming and fouling, and the referee wasn't whistling. And how many fouls did we do uh, during the the game uh, in the middle to prevent any counterattacks or just tactical fouls? How many? But how many did Qatar do? So they, they understood that really quickly and they, they played with this, but mm. we didn't. And that's really disappointing <coughs> from from a side like Iran, like you should have this level of experience. You should not let Afif have situations uh, around your box when you can prevent this with doing a tactical fall uh, at uh, at the middle of the, the pitch. It's it's just really difficult to understand yeah. how they didn't even think about it. I actually think, I'm going to say something maybe a bit controversial, I think this referee was perfect for this game because Kassar were only only threatening on the counter-attack. Now, the way that you stop counter-attacks is through tactical fouls. Now, if he's if he's not booking you, or even potentially giving the foul with a tactical... With, then you, you have know, the ball. ...pulling the shirt, then you have the ball, you've won possession back, and you've broken down their momentum with the counter-attack. I think this guy was absolutely perfect for this game. I think the script was written for us to win. Um, but for some reason... We let this mental block say, "Oh, yeah, this guy, this guy's rubbish. He's Kuwaiti, so he might have some sort of bias against Qatar." Like with Qatar, it makes no sense. It's so dumb. And instead of anal analyzing that, and I will go back to the to the start of the second half. In the first half, we were always trying to control difficult balls, and then they were falling us. Referee wasn't whistling, so they they were just uh, uh, getting the ball back. And we saw so many times Omid Brahimi trying to control difficult balls, or or sometimes we were. Um, Defending a tackle, you just have to clear the ball. We weren't clearing it. And then, second half, Mohamedi comes on and he was trying to play it easily. Like the ball comes, he put it back in the box and then he brought us the penalty. So he was, he was just doing simple things. He knows what he, what he can do and what he can't. And we just needed our players to do that during this first half, but they, they couldn't manage to do it. Yeah, so Jambash steps up to take the penalty. As, as I said before, I think his, his tournament's been very professional. And the fact that he converted a high-pressure penalty against Japan and also a high-pressure penalty against Qatar this game, I think it, it talks volumes about him. Um, and then with the 2-2, the momentum did firmly shift to the Iran side for about maybe 20, 30 minutes. We got a lot of chances. We had, like, we had 12 corners. I think they only had two corners throughout the whole game. So we, the momentum was f pretty firmly with us. We had a lot of half chances, not really clear-cut chances. They had chances too, don't get me wrong, but we had we had the majority of the chances here. But we didn't convert them or put them away. So I think, again, maybe comes back to... But we should have put this game to bed a lot earlier than, than I think, minute minute 70 or whatever it was. Um, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts there? Uh, well, first of all, I want to mention that after the second half, the, it, was just, it was all Iran, to be honest. Um, and um, you know we we had so many chances and we just it, w it was a bit unlucky as well I'll be honest you, you know if we had a bit more luck I think we would have scored at least one or two more goals uh, but it, it was also the mental part and Qatar, Qatar didn't have any chances in the second half any proper chances except except that uh, one uh, Almoez Ali goal which they scored later on and uh, some counter attacks later on in the game when we were putting a lot of pressure uh, so it's not like we didn't have the chances, but you, like you mentioned, the emotion, the emotional part and the mental part just got the better of us and we weren't able to put away those chances. And 
this this is a part where I think you know players like more technical players like Kolizada and Qaidi who performed really good in the previous games, which I'm really surprised how neither of them played against Japan or against Qatar. So I, I don't know what to think of that, but yeah, we, we could have done so much better. Yeah, I think they were pretty they were pretty sketchy from from set pieces. I think all, a lot of these corners that we were putting in that Saman was putting in, and I think on the other side was it against Saman putting them in. Oh, and then I think it was Ramin. Ramin or okay, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Well, either way, I think I think the set pieces worked in our favour. We were sort of knocking on the door. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but yeah, it didn't it didn't come for us unfortunately. And then through again a, a counter attack, and then them sh- having a shot from what was it like thirty five like thirty yards, yards whatever ricochets off one of our players, and then goes straight into the feet of one of their players. Like it's very unlucky, but again, we made their luck for them. It wasn't like it wasn't like they were they were purely lucky because I think it was a clearance first comes off. I can't remember who it was, but then but then they get the ball ricochets off one of our players. Then yeah, Canoni. Ali is just there. Then he goes straight into his feet, and the fact that he's only like marginally onside, Ramin wasn't fully in line with the centre backs. Oh yeah. What can you do? Yes, yes, it's fair to say that uh, Qatar defended very well in this game. Um, they, they somehow knew that we will play only long balls, and they have they had five defenders, so it wasn't really hard for them to 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 defend and prevent us to, to scoring uh, uh, from those situations. Um, but uh, we didn't have clear chances like we had against Japan, like against Japan. Half chances. Yeah, it was half the, half chances against Qatar. Against Japan, we had clear goal from Osmoon, uh, uh, header from Mohebi. We had really clear chances, but in this game, only one. The the Canoni situation when the the but but apart from this one, I, I and there there was a part of the little where Taremi had a clear strike on goal. So yeah, in the Taremi first half before we get the foul. Ha, yeah, Taremi had a, a few situations, but uh, they weren't converted in. Into into goal scoring opportunities and uh, it was quite disappointing, but it, yeah, it's fair to say that Qatar defended very well, and during the game when you see that uh, long balls direct direct get, uh, play uh, doesn't work, uh, why don't you bring on uh, someone like Royedi or Olizade? Mm. And I on on Tari very quickly. There was a lot of moments where. He was sort of either cutting in or he picked up the ball where he sort of just held on to it for a bit too long. I feel like he was maybe trying to prove a point or maybe trying to carry the team on his own when you don't need to carry the team on your own. You have enough quality players around you to bring other players involved. And the thing is, he doesn't do this for Porto as in he does sometimes, but not as much as he did in this game. So I don't know if he doesn't trust his own players or he was trying to prove a point given that he got a red card um, the, the, the game before against Syria. He didn't play against Japan. I don't know, but yeah, it's, I, I think I expected a lot more from him. Um, but I mean, what what can we do? And then they they obviously scored the third goal um, in the maybe I think eighty fifth minute or so. Second, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Now again, after we conceded, we were still we were still knocking at the door. Um, and again, another point in the referee. He added on thirteen minutes. 90 plus 13. Like, how many times do you see 30 minutes being added on for, for extra time? It's like, come on, that and plays into our favour so much. Even after the 13 minutes, you went on to like the yeah, 16th, yeah, 17th exactly, minute of yeah, exact yeah. time. 
Yeah, we had the time to come back. Yeah, it's not like it's not like we didn't have the time. We just didn't have the the belief and the heart to to outplay them. And we had the worst situation uh, substitution ever. We had the chances as well. Like those chances towards the end were just heartbreaking. Like when Jahan Bakhsh hit the left post, it was like just you know just God isn't on our side. <laughs> yeah. And um, even uh, there was another chance at the end. Who was I think it deflected off a Qatari defender, mm. and uh, the goalkeeper just barely was able to get a touch on it and it went out for a corner and at that moment I realized it's just not meant to be for us to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, but apart from that there is what you can do and what you co- what is not in your, uh, you know, in your power to, to, to do and the substitutions uh, bringing on Moran Lou and Asadi was a, a, a huge mistake in my opinion. Uh, we, we already had on the pitch Osmoon, that is his very physical and good with his header, Mohebi. So why do you bring two players that are very slow, that won't bring any more, anything more than uh, Sardar Azmoun or Moebi, and and yet, uh, like you tried the whole game to to do long balls, crosses, and etc. It didn't work. So why are you trying again? Like you you just have sometimes to 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 put some d- different uh, tactics, like to try new things, and ro- someone like Rolizade or Raidi could have won a penalty. Um, open up their their defense Some and etc. Yeah, yeah. You needed something else. Mm. And if we do, we look at the whole tournament. How many sc- how many goals we scored on set pieces and crosses? How many? Only one with Khalil Zadeh. We had the situation with Osmoon, but it's a second ball. So on the on the first goal against Qatar. So yeah, sometimes you have to to ask yourself like why why nowadays teams are crossing less because crosses. They, they don't bring a lot of goals. Great teams don't don't cross as we were crossing uh, 10 or 15 years ago. So th- th- these are really easy facts. And it's funny because Rolene always look at facts, but but on this one, he did, yeah, he didn't manage yeah, to. Rolene is known to be, uh, no, his teams are known to cross a lot. So, uh, But I think it's a bit outdated now. So I hope he moves on from Yeah, it. but you have five defenders. Five so you can bring Asadi, Moranlu, everyone. But when you have five defenders and they they managed to just uh, in all of our crosses, like what's the point if when you have so much uh, additional time? Like, what's the point of a game? Yeah, I, I think if the game went up for another ten minutes, we still would not have scored with the players. Yeah, we saw Qatar probably would have scored because they had a lot of chances actually in, in added time. I, I mean, obviously within tournament football, you're trying to push as, as hard as you can, so it's. It's not, you know, and and then Khalid has got the red card, which I guess we'll talk about very briefly. I don't think, I don't think it really changed anything, honestly. Um, but yeah, you got got a got a red card for being the last defender tackling um, the player. Um, again, uh, a thief, right? So yeah. so at yeah, is is a player that sort of causes a lot of havoc this this game. Um, so yeah, and as you mentioned, Erfan Jambash hit the post in the dying sort of minutes of the game. And if it was a centimeter to the right, the, I think it would have gone off the post and, and in because it was it was so close to going in. I think I, I literally like fell down in my seat. I was like, this is this is is, is finished, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that was that was the end of the game. A lot of people were were in tears, including including us. It was a very difficult game to take. Um, a lot of hopes and dreams from us, the whole of the country, were on these players, and and, and sadly it, it didn't happen. Um, now I want to I want to talk about a few points that people have raised about what potentially went wrong, and I think like yeah we've talked about the referee, we've talked about the lineup. 
One other question that, again, like I want to talk about because I think it's important is, did Khalanoid call up the wrong players in the first place? Because I know people have talked about this on Twitter, so I want to talk about it. In my opinion, it makes zero difference. Yes, he could have potentially brought on some young players, but I think he he called up the best players at his disposal, disposal given who was available and didn't have injury. So I, I know people are going to talk about Alayar potentially, but he was he was injured, wasn't playing much for Hull. So I, I stand, I think that was a good decision personally. But other sort of like Hasbavi and a few other like younger players, I genuinely believe that yes, they would have been called up, it would have been good experience for them, but they would not have made a difference in this in this game. I know people might disagree with me, but that's that's my opinion. I completely agree with you there. I I think that. Uh, to blame this defeat on the players called up is, is just complete nonsense. None of the players that were left out in the squad could have made a difference. Um, and, you know, the Nurlai situation is a bit different. That was Nurlai's fault. You know, disrespecting the manager is not uh, something uh, it, something to do. So uh, you can't blame uh, Galenoi there. So I think that Galenoi called up uh, the best players that he could, that he had available. And uh, yeah, this just doesn't, doesn't make sense to blame it on the squad selection. Well, yeah, I mean, our top 11 was there. A top available 11 was in the squad. Maybe just uh, th- two or three players, uh, we, could, we could change them. For example, Hasbavi. Well, we saw that uh, in central defense uh, when Majid Hussini got injured, when Kanyoni got a red card. Well, we had to play Cheshmi there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe someone like Hasbavi could have, could have helped. Uh, in front, having Asadi, uh, with all due respect, I don't think he's just at, at, at the right level to be there. So, yeah, instead someone like al or or even someone like, not uh, not a striker, someone like Hossein Ejad and etc. would have been interesting. But I think this is maybe, if, if we have to give a percentage of, uh, of the reason he didn't help us, I think maybe it's one or two percent. It's not, exactly. it's meaningless. Exactly. But... Um, and even if we Amir Rolenoid had a different squad at his disposal, he didn't play Roedi the last two games. He didn't play Rolizadeh, and we forgot to mention to mention Ansari Fard. You want to bring on a striker? Why do you bring bring on Asadi or Moranlu when you have Ansari Fard? He did really great when he was on there against Syria, and even he played during the group stages and he scored. Mm-hmm. And he's someone so experienced. He's always he's a leader of this team, one of the leaders, and he's good with his feet technically, good in the air. He could be, you know, create some chances for the others. He's just not a striker. He can he can play on several positions. Like he would have been so much clever and useful than, than Moran Luan Asadi. So yeah, but w- when you see that Rolinoi, he he really he had uh, some principles before, but for this game he just. Uh, he just, uh, I don't know, mixed everything. Maybe he got emotional as well. Yeah, he, he huge tactical mistakes. I mean, uh, I really, for me, of, of course, the, our first opponent is, the, is our mental, but I really see huge tactical mistakes on this one. Mm. I want to wrap up the podcast because we're, we're, we're pretty short on time, but um, I want to ask the question, what's, the, what's next for this team? This was, this was, as I said at the beginning, this was our golden generation. This was the... The, the moment for us to win this game, it was scripted in a few different ways. Like the, the preview for the, the final would have been our episode number 200 as well. So I think like, but whatever, it wasn't meant to be. Um, but what's, what's next for this group of players? Well, I think uh, there will be a, 
a, a great part of the squad uh, that will uh, just stop. Um, I think uh, someone like uh, well, Omidiroimi obviously retired, but I think for the future we we should have a plan till the World Cup, of course, if we qualify, but a three years plan and to insert yeah. at every camp, every game, one, two, three, five new players, uh, youngsters, and insert them and prepare them to, to have a nice group because this was actually a squad that was a group like they were together for more than a month and they know each other since a, a, a lot of years now so they were good together they, it was a real group and we should build that again but we was inserting um, yeah uh, more foot by foot yeah. you know uh, uh, new players yeah and Amir Kalanoi mentioned also in the press conference that he said that I'm to blame, so I, I respect that. Yeah, a lot of players, a lot of managers would have maybe blamed luck or the referee or even the players sometimes. But he said I'm at fault, and he apologized to the people of Iran. And he also said that he looks to implement, uh, you know, younger players in the squad and uh, prepare them for the 2026 World Cup. So hopefully he does that. Uh, from what he said in the press conference, it looks like he has a clear goal. And if he does that, I'm very happy for him to stay by our side. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you both. I think that I mean we talk about this a long time uh, for a long time, but there needs to be, I guess, um, more grassroots infrastructure improvements and other things like sports psychology, the mental side, not just from the senior players, but from you know the, the. I mean, these are things that everyone knows works. They've been doing it in the England setup for a long time, and it has been working. You've, you've seen the England team progress into you know. World Cup uh, semi-finals and then uh, you know Euros finals etc. Um, they haven't obviously won anything. The journey's still going, but I we we need that sort of infrastructure in place. And I think instead of a lot of the, the federation guys coming to these tournaments, they should be still at home, like you know planning these things because they're taking the space, in my opinion, of a sports psychologist. Because that you know instead of paying for their flights and hotels, you could you could pay you know the sports psychologist to do that. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 my opinion, but I don't I don't think a lot of this will change, unfortunately, in the, in the sort of short short to medium term. I think this is a long term thing. Um, but yeah, as you said, a lot of these players will remain. A lot of these players will play in the next major tournament, which will be in the World Cup, if if we do indeed qualify. So yeah, it's I, I'm still hopeful, but yeah, I think our hearts have very much like been crushed after yesterday's game. Um, so yeah, I want to wrap up the podcast there. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and also all the other episodes that we've done in in the Asian Cup. Um, We do this completely for no money whatsoever. Um, So it's amazing to see you guys like donate. We've never, we'll never like ask you for any money at all. We've done this just for the pure passion and love for for Team Melly for football. Um, And we absolutely love recording for you guys. So thank you so much for supporting. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Hey, this is Arash Markazi from ESPN, and you're listening to Golbezat, your one-stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news.